You are listening to Game of Growth, a podcast hosted by Truepush, the favorite Truepush notification platform of more than 20,000 marketeers and developers. On this show, you will listen to behind the scenes of exciting market journeys, ups and downs of businesses, and the impeccable survival story. And here we go. Welcome back to your weekly podcast, Game of Growth. I'm your host, Tina Varmam, and you are listening to episode number 45 with Chris Farine who is currently the vice president at G2 for APAC region. Chris has worked with various reputed brands like Product Review, Ferrester, and he also co-founded Springboard Research, which is a next generation IT market research and advisory firm. Springboard Research is now acquired by Ferrester, and we have Chris today joining us on the show. Hi, Chris, how are you? Hey, Tina, great to be here. So. Uh, Chris, can you tell us about Springboard Research and the experience of building and selling it to Foresto? Yeah, it was a, it was a really interesting journey. Um, I think you know, we got our idea for Springboard actually over beers. So I uh, co-founded Springboard with a, an old colleague and actually someone I went to college with. And we always saw this opportunity in the market. Uh, yeah, I was working for IDC at the time. And we saw that market research was very expensive you know, for, for technology vendors. But yet there was a lot of demand for it. So we saw this imbalance in the market. So we really looked to see, okay, how could we solve that imbalance? Uh, and a lot of that came about through the business model. Yeah, this was back when uh, offshoring was all the rage and, and, and companies were going global much quicker. Uh, so we developed a research model that, that really helped vendors, you know, initially you know, do it at a cheaper cost. That was our initial go to market. But we evolved that over time to just be more nimble, more flexible get into new areas of research much quicker for the technology vendors that we were working with. Uh, so we came up with a model that paired uh, research centers in China and India together with folks that had worked with the IDCs and the gardeners and the foresters of the world. So we were very nimble, very cost effective, but still high quality research that really helped them to make better business decisions. All right. So uh, Chris, did you start the business with an exit strategy in mind? How did you plan it? Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. So I, we actually wrote the business plan when I was in grad school. I was doing my MBA and uh, it was originally a class. So, you know, it was amazing that it turned from a class into an actual business to, to ultimately getting an exit when Forrester acquired us. Um, I think along the way, we always thought the exit would be somebody acquiring us because uh, we focused very much on initially Asia Pacific and then we expanded into global emerging markets which has always been a, a bit of a weak spot for, for a lot of the global technology research firms, you know, your, your gardeners, your, your foresters, your IDCs. Uh, so it was always that impression that, that people would probably want to get bigger in Asia Pacific and emerging markets. So an acquisition would be the strategy. Not that we were against you know, going public at some point, but we felt like we, we probably wouldn't have the scale to go public or the amount of time it would take. Uh, what was really interesting is, is that in our business plan, you know, I was doing it for my MBA, we had to outline what were the exit strategies. Mm -hmm. And our number one exit strategy was Forrester buying us, which actually nine years later came true. But I think it was that dynamic that, hey, you know, looking at firms that maybe didn't have as great of international coverage and that, that Springboard ultimately would be a, be a great potential acquisition for them. So we kind of called it nine years in advance. And I still have a copy of that business plan. So it's really interesting to read through, like, what were we thinking then? And a lot of things didn't come true. Yeah, if you look at the original plan and, and how the business grew, a lot of changes along the way. But that exit strategy did come true. So I always, always get a smile on my face when I read that again. 
<laughs> wonderful <laughs> that's a that's a perfect exit strategy plan so uh, chris why is market research very important and why are companies heavily reliant uh, of third party research companies yeah so i think you know market research you know doing any type of planning i think market research is a is a really key you know input you know into that planning and there are many flavors and facets of planning as well you know your strategic planning you know, your market planning, uh, maybe market expansion, getting into to new industries or new geographies. I think you know what market research can help do is give you that that initial lay of the land. You know what what are the sizes of the markets? You know how are those markets segmented? Maybe maybe what industries or what geographies are more prominent in certain markets? You know Asia Pacific is a great example. You know the markets in Australia and New Zealand are very different from China versus Southeast Asia or India. And that's where you know getting that data to help you really to get that roadmap for your planning is really important. Uh, I think it's also getting that 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 trusted opinion. Uh, in some cases, it, it validates an opinion we might already have, which provides mm -hmm. value and saying that okay, hey, I think this market or this industry is prime for my solution, and the research is backing it up. But I think even more importantly, when it's providing a counter opinion. Yeah, maybe we believe that getting into the banking industry is something that's going to be you know important for our company whereas the data is not saying that doesn't mean you don't do it it's just giving you that critical thinking to say okay well maybe we need to relook at this or we need to go deeper or understand why the market research is not matching up with maybe the existing opinion or or, uh, or ideas that we have um and i think it's just continuing to have research be part of that process you know, one of the things I saw in, in my career doing research is that a lot of times people will use research at the beginning and then just drop it and not use it throughout the process. And I think that's where a lot of value can come in where, you know, you use it in that initial, for example, market expansion, but then, you know, every three to six months, go back to that research and look at it. You know, is the research again, continuing to validate that model? Is it creating new ideas, new questions? You have things that you have to think about. And is it also, as a company, are you on track based on your initial uh, supposition based on the research? So it's that kind of continual use of research that I think a lot of companies don't get right. They use it at the beginning and then they don't use it uh, throughout the process of, you know, for example, entering a market might, that might be a two, three year process. Mm -hmm. They use it in month one, but they don't use it in month six, month 12, month 18. I think that's been a, been a bit of a gap. But um, I think you know, third-party research is quite important too because it, it is independent. You know, it's someone potentially challenging your thinking, which I feel is a good thing because it creates one a lot more ideas, a lot more thoughts, and it just really helps in that whole creative process of of growing a business, you know, and expanding into new areas, developing new products. Absolutely, oh, completely agree with you, uh, Chris. Moving ahead, uh, why do companies uh, should take peer-to-peer -peer reviews very seriously as you're in the same industry? Yeah, so, you know, peer-to-peer -peer reviews is, you know, when you look at market research, it in many ways is a new entrant. You know, you had your traditional market research that was either analysts coming at it from an expert opinion to doing a lot of surveys that might be getting data from the market. And I think peer reviews really complements that. You know, when I was uh, living in Sydney, uh, I had a partner, a business partner of ours, and I think he, he just articulated it in the best way. He said, you know, as a vendor, you know, in his case, technology vendor, he said there's the holy trinity of content to really serve, you know, their customers and their potential customers. You know, the first was product content, and that's content coming from a vendor. That's 
demos, you know, interactive um, uh, explainers, that's product information, just everything about your product to really educate that customer. So that was the first of the Holy Trinity. The second was the expert opinion. And I think that's where you see the traditional analyst firms coming in, people that are uh, ex uh, respected industry experts, those people that will be looking and talking about your product and how it fits in today, how it's gonna fit into the future. And the third part of that trinity is the customer content. And that's where the peer-to-peer -peer reviews come in. What are customers saying? And what are customers across specific industries or specific segments like SMB or enterprise? What are they saying about your product and how it's fitting in with their specific needs and, and adding value? So it's, it's really all three of those. If, if as a vendor, you have all three, that's where we see the performance because you know peer-to-peer -peer reviews amazing but they don't exist on an island it exists with all these other different types of content to again educate those consumers and, and yeah ultimately it's about making the right decision you know, buying software is hard i mean there's so many options mm -hmm. so many different things to think about based on the size of your organization what needs you have and we've seen SaaS has just caused this proliferation of software vendors, which is number one is amazing. There's just so much more choice, but it's also a challenge for buyers because there's so much more choice. Mm -hmm. And I think peer reviews are, are helping. They're helping to provide an additional source of content to help with those decisions. But again, not independently, and that it's only peer-to-peer -peer reviews, it's combined with that expert content and that product content to again, help educate those buyers. Right. Absolutely. And uh, moving ahead, uh, Chris, what other factors we should keep in mind while making an informed decision? Yeah, I think it kind of similar um, to what I mentioned, that holy trinity of content is, is look for all the different types of content, insight, opinion, expertise, um, you know, as you're looking at a, a particular you know, vendor or particular you know, software project. You know, how do you get out? A lot of it is done now via Google. Google search, you know, looking for, you know, who is the best at this particular type of software. Um, but that is going to unearth a lot of peer-to-peer -peer reviews, like, like G2 and our competitors, a lot of analyst insight, but also finding, you know, those people that have experience uh, with that software, you know, what are their opinions, but also understanding their background for that opinion. You know, someone who's used a, a specific vendor at an enterprise might have a very different opinion than if they were in an SMB. So the biggest thing that I can encourage is be curious, go out and look for these different types of, uh, of insight. Yeah, we see um, very often at G2 is that, you know, you have people that are leaders and they do amazing, but they might not be the best solution for every company. You know, you might be in a specific vertical or you might be an SMB and there might be people in the high performer squadron that are actually a better fit based on, on their solution, based on how they go to market, based on how they serve. Um, even here at G2, we had you know very similar experience. You know, we're putting in uh, a new uh, a new piece of software to help us on the sales side. You know, we didn't choose any of the four to five leaders on the G2 grid. We chose a high performer because they were actually a better fit for what we needed. So it's getting getting curious. You know, looking at the different vendors and how they can uh, how they can help is is the biggest advice that I would have. Um, you know, there's so many vendors out there now. It's it's almost like a like the old paradox of choice. Uh, so many options. I think it's the people that are curious are the ones that are looking at all the different vendors and see you know, who is going to be that best fit for them. Wonderful. 
So uh, lastly, uh, Chris, any parting thoughts uh, with us and the it's, audience or and any any favorite leadership quote or book you follow or any incident that you have in your mind? So. Yeah, you know, I, I spent four years in military school back in the U.S., so uh, family tradition. So I went to a school called the Citadel in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. So I, uh, my, my family has a military background. I uh, grew up near a military base, so it's always been part of my life, at least growing up. And uh, so I was at the Citadel, you know, we, we studied a lot of military history, uh, you know, World War II, Vietnam. Um, uh, so I always loved the George Patton quotes. You know, he was an amazing leader in World War II. And the one quote that's just really stuck with me over all these years is his quote around a good plan violently executed right now is far better than a perfect plan executed next week. And I think it's, that stayed with me through my entrepreneurial journey because you know, you've always got to make decisions. You've always got to make plans. And if you try to make it perfect, you've often missed the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that a violently executed plan. Yeah, there are going to be challenges. You're probably going to be adjusting the plan, but it's more of how can you move quickly and learn along the way. And that's something I've always truly believed in and then hopefully been able to do. Um, you know, to just move quick, you know, get into new areas, get those experiences because they really inform us. And I think ultimately help us become better at, at, at business from those experiences as opposed to trying to make it perfect and maybe never actually getting around to it, if that makes sense. Wonderful. Uh, that's, that's quite impactful uh, quote, mm -hmm. I would say. Um, mm -hmm. so thank you, Chris, for such a wonderful and important conversations. Good wishes to you from TruePush and uh, stay safe. Yeah, thank you as well, Tina. It's been great being here, and thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for tuning into our show, Game of Thrones. Make sure to subscribe for upcoming episodes and visit truepush.com to access more such interesting resources. If you like this podcast, do subscribe and leave us a feedback. Let us know how you're enjoying the show, and until next time, take care.